Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Happy Monday. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea and sit back and relax. Let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week. And it is an interesting week. Wow. It's a kind of exciting as all of these things are kind of piling up. And, you know, sometimes the things that are piling up are all very similar, you know, like Mercury doing something weird to the sun or blah, blah, blah. But this week, we have sort of a mixed bag of things coming from astrology, from human design, planets changing direction, planets moving into a different sign. And that kind of leads me to think this week might be kind of exciting. But again, a lot of that depends on your attitude about it. <laughs> Some people love change and thrive when the world is doing different things. Other people, not so much, right? So a lot of what we're going to talk about this morning may sound like it's uh, crazy or maybe not so happy, uh, but it's all going to depend on how you embrace this energy. And the biggest thing about it is that we enter into uh, a couple of weeks period of time of dreaming and of um, sort of fantasizing about and imagining about what could be for the year ahead. I know we're all used to sort of saying that the, that January 1st is our new year and that's when we enact our <laughs> sort of resolutions and intentions for the year. But when we look at it from an energetic standpoint, and that's of course the most important way to look at it, we don't really get to that energy until we really start to see February. Right in February, there's when the energy of the new quarters of the year begin. And some people could even say that that doesn't really energetically begin until we get to end of March when the um, spring equinox occurs. So we have different times and different ways in which we can enter into new things. We're going to talk about that today. And then we're also going to talk about some changes. Venus moving into Capricorn tomorrow and Uranus turning direct later this week on the day of the full moon in Leo on Thursday. And as well, we have uh, Saturn, the planet of duty and responsibility, moving out of the sign or out of the gate, excuse me, of abundance that he has been sitting in for quite the time and into the gate of peace. I'm really hoping that bodes well for all of us here on the planet uh, as we move into uh, this next period of time. Uh, never fear, Saturn will make a return to the gate 55, I believe, later this year for a brief moment to remind us all about where abundance comes from. It comes from who you are and how you feel, not from what you do. Mm, there we go. Uh, okay, but we always start with the moon, and today we're sitting at kind of a tender place for the moon as she is moving through the later degrees of Gemini, and that means at some point later here this morning, this afternoon, actually my time, later in the afternoon for those of you on the East Coast, she will move into the void, and that's the time and space between when she's at the end of a transit of one sign and the beginning of the transit of another sign and not making any new connections with other planets. So the energy kind of sinks and it just sort of lays flat. Or in some cases, I've heard it that 
uh, the, the energy just sort of wanders, right? There's not a real clear sense of got to go that way. It just sort of is, you know, there and ready for us to uh, maybe wait for a little while, take a break, go get a massage. A friend of mine was just telling me she's off to get a massage this morning. Great idea. Void, of course, moon then is between 12.41 p.m. West Coast time and 1.52 p.m. Very short. So it's not like this is your work day and it's all going to go to cross purposes because the moon is in the void. There's just this hour or so time. Uh, for us on the West Coast, you could even say, okay, I'll just take a longer lunch today. If you're on the East Coast, of course, this is happening later in your day. Maybe you just knock off early for the day. You don't need to fight with the moon's energy in this case and try to keep going and going when the energy turns off or turns down. So let's talk a little bit about what, so the moon has been transiting Gemini most of the weekend, a sign of communication, of information, of sharing, of listening, of that communication sort of thing where we have lots of different conversations perhaps going on, uh, lots of different opportunities to interact with people of different you know, qualities. So now we're winding down that transit and moving into a completely different sign, the moon in Cancer. And she's an empowered moon when she's in Cancer, as that's the sign of her rulership. It's her home, her domicile, as you might hear the term sometimes in astrology. And the moon transiting Cancer is a time to nurture yourself, your emotional needs, and to connect with your loved ones, right? It is a very feminine energy. It's an energy of intuition. It is an energy of that loving feeling, that emotional connection that we have or that we want to have with those people around us. Now, it is also a water sign. Cancer is water, so we have access to more sensitivity, and that can be sensitivity emotionally, where you're feeling a little more raw, a little more teary, maybe a little more angry or a little more given to conflict or confrontation. Not usually so much that, though, in cancer, uh, but also psychic sensitivity or intuitive awareness and empathy, of course, right? Those are three biggies with cancer. Um, and those very sensitivities can take us into moodiness, right? Where one minute we're happy, and the next minute, not so happy. And the next minute, we're back to happy. So we have to be aware that, you know, for the next couple of days, at least, our emotions can be kind of waffling between the highs and the lows. We may also become more defensive during this time. Our feelings are much more easily hurt. We can draw into ourselves much more easily because something happened that challenged us or that created a sense of needing to defend ourselves or our position or our way of thinking. Um, we may also feel more insecure and do uh, things that are meant to build up our security. Or sometimes that means we're putting up some walls so that we are protected uh, or we're bringing that hard shell Cancer is the crab, after all. We bring the hard shell around us to protect us from the outer world or from the people around us. So this is a good time to practice self-care, to express your feelings. How do I feel about something? And to seek comfort. 
in your home, amongst your friends and family, or amongst the things that make you feel good. Not because you're withdrawing and defending, but because it feels good. There's nothing wrong with feeling good, by the way, right? If you want to have that cookie and to cuddle up in your blanket and read that good book, that can be the most nurturing thing that you can do for yourself over these next couple of days. Now, I'm not saying take responsibilities and throw them out the window. That's That would not be uh, the best way to do it. But definitely take the time for yourself, but also take the time to care for others. And in fact, during this period of time, we all may find ourselves more interested in cooking or in gardening or you know, taking care of uh, the closets. I was thinking this morning, I really want to redo my room. Um, don't know how I could do that. The furniture's heavy and Terry's at work and blah, blah, blah. It would take too much time. So whatever it is, the activities are for the next couple of days that make you feel good, that make you feel nurtured, that make you feel like you're you're wanting to nurture others, those are the things that you want to take care of or be involved with. If it brings you joy and satisfaction, that it is the thing for you to do, right? Um, avoid taking things too personally, right? Remember, emotions are raw for everybody, not just you. Uh, don't hold on to grudges. If somebody says something that irks you, it's okay, right? You'll feel differently about that later. And if you don't, that's okay too, right? We don't have to be reactive. In other words, we don't have to be overly protective of ourselves. Nobody is out to get you. And we also do want to make sure we have healthy boundaries, right? Sometimes the water signs, you know, water is like everywhere. It's almost like you know, the air, the air can be everywhere. You can't contain air, but unlike air, we can contain water somewhat, but we don't want to contain it so tightly that we don't tap into the feelings, the empathy, the compassion of it all for ourselves or for others. Okay. So whoopee, that's where we are with the moon. The moon will stay in cancer until we get to 1137 PM on the 24th on Wednesday. And that is, of course, you um, are uh, West Coast time. So that means for those of you on the East Coast, it'll actually be early morning of the 25th, which, by the way, then sets us up. The moon will be in Leo, sets us up for the full moon in Leo uh, at 9.55 a.m. Pacific time, 12.55 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. So we're going to talk about that. But first of all, before we get there, let me just say good morning to everybody who's checking in here this morning. Nancy, good morning to you. I saw you first thing. She was in there before I was this morning. Welcome, Nancy. LS, good morning to you. Debbie Tibbetts, Tumiel. Hello, Mary Stevens. I'm so happy when you get to join us. Christine, good morning to you. And Nargess, good morning to you. And I know there are others out there, whoever you are, wherever you are, welcome to Living Astrology. So here we are. We are at the last day of the human design year. And that means tomorrow is human design new year. And every year this happens between January 22nd and January 23rd. This year, my ephemeris tells me it's the 23rd. And that's the time when the sun comes back to the gate 41. Now, if you joined me for the Human Design New Year webinar that I taught last Thursday, you're already very familiar with this information about what this means. But let's just start with what does it mean to have the sun at the gate 41? 
to talk about that, we have to go to science. We get to go into our DNA, our genetics, and how the different um, amino acids and proteins code for personality characteristics, for traits that you have in your body. <clears throat> the DNA is the very fabric of who we are. And in our DNA, there are certain combinations that come together that create what we call start codons. And a start codon is the cue for your DNA to start doing something, right? It, it, it's um, like time to create new cells or it's time to, you know, stop doing this because we're going to start doing this, right? So it's a start codon. And in human design, the gate 41 represents the start codon. And so we get this very big, powerful AOK from the universe to create something new, to get moving in a new direction. But it's interesting because the gate 41 is called the gate of imagination or fantasy. Sometimes it's called the gate of contraction, which is an interesting way to think about this. And the, the best way to describe this particular start codon is that we are all imagination um, capable, let's say. So we, we all have different ideas and different pictures in our minds of what it is that we want to create right? I mean, I have long-term things in my mind that I want to create. I have short-term things in my mind that I want to create. So when the sun is at this particular start codon, it tells us it's time to really get into the imagination. And contraction means it's not only time to get up in the imagining and the hmm, what would I do if and all of that. It's time to really start planning on how we're going to bring it into creation. How are we going to crystallize it into reality? So in the in the meantime, we are being asked to use our imaginations. What's up here kicking around that you wanted to create? or that you want to participate in, that you want to change, right? It can be many different things that are floating around in our heads, right? Um, floating around in our heads in the imagination means it's absolutely possible for you to create it. You just haven't chose it yet. So it's an important time. We have this particular week from the 23rd through, uh, let's see, the 23rd through the 27th, where we're in this imagination, in this dream time, if you will, the following week, which begins on the 28th, remember human design weeks are shorter than the, than the working week. Um, then we get into a time where we get to consider, you know, what are the trends that we're seeing on the planet? What do I have in my gifts and in my talents that I can bring out? What are these ideas up here? And how does it fit in with the collective, right? How does it fit in with the, what we often hear called the morphogenetic fields, right? The morphogenetic fields are where the trends are, where the information is encoded that tells us what will come to pass or what could come to pass um, in, um, quantum physics, this would be like the wave moment, right? It's all possibility until we observe it, 
and bring it in. And then it becomes a particle. So right now we have this opportunity to take a, a look at what's kicking around in our imagination. And as the next week comes, we get to go, okay, how does that fit with where I see I fit into the world or my gifts can be shared with the world? And the following week after that is the beginning of the first quarter of the human design year. And that will be the week to write the story right, to get things moving. So it is a very important time for us all right now. And I, I you know, just feel like everybody needs to resist, you know, pushing themselves or trying to push themselves to get to where they want to go, uh, or to push themselves, you know, off that ledge. Because this is still time to crystallize in your mind, what it is that you want. Now, the contraction part of it happens when that idea that we've been kicking around is needing to become focused on, and that would be sort of like setting an intention and then taking appropriate action as those opportunities show up in the outer world if you're a generator or as you're invited into it if you're a projector. Uh, as you are the creator being, if you are a manifester, when you choose to take action, and as a reflector, when uh, divine timing over the course of a cycle of the moon instigates your next steps. So very interesting time. And the fact is, the reason I even spend my time in, on these days doing this for all of you is to bring it to your awareness that these things are in right timing. Right. Sometimes, you know, we get into this idea that we have to just push ourselves into something and we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And then we end up in burnout, perhaps, or we end up sick. We end up exhausted. We end up not being, you know, we get depressed because we can't get anything done because we're working against timing. In this respect today, what I'm saying is you've got a couple of weeks of time to bring those ideas into reality, or you start to crystallize them, match them up with what is possible as an expression in the world, and then take those steps in the next week after that. So you have a couple of weeks worth of the start code on today, or tomorrow, excuse me, and that triggering the steps toward what it is that you want to create. So happy new year again for everybody. Uh, by the way, on Thursday, I said I did the course on uh, Human Design New Year, and it is available for uh, download. And uh, I will post that link today, both on Facebook and on uh, YouTube in the description of this video so that you can uh, access it. It was a free webinar that I did. I noticed that a lot of you who listen um, to the show were there and about half of you were and half of you weren't. Uh, so you can still access that and get a deeper dive into what some of the other planetary placements show us from the Human Design New Year. Now, let's go into Tuesday as well. We have Venus moving into Capricorn. So right now, today, she is at the 29th degree of Sagittarius. We no longer have as many planets at 29 degrees, right? The sun and Pluto were there until they made their conjunction on Saturday at zero degrees of Aquarius. 
So now it's Venus moving through that 29th degree, completing the lessons that she had for us in values and finances and relationships in Sagittarius, right? Being more of the adventurer, looking for truth, um, being more aware of, um, uh, of seeing the bigger picture of how all of your relationships fit together. And that means as she transits out of Sagittarius and into Capricorn, the energy around Venus ruled subjects will change. So because she rules relationships and our value system and money, we can expect those things to change fundamentally for the next few weeks. And transiting Venus and Capricorn is a time when love and money and all of those things that we value become more serious, more stable. Maybe we become more committed to things or we're shown where those things are not there and are, we're triggered then to create more of that stability and commitment to the things that are ruled by Venus. So Venus being the planet of beauty, the planet of harmony, affection, right? She's the planet that we think of as the goddess of love. And she's in the sign of responsibility, discipline, and ambition. So now we can see that we might have some goals that we want to take as far as the Venus ruled things. We may feel more attracted to people um, at this point in time who are solid, who are stable, mature would be another word that we could use here, that they're reliable. Maybe even, you know, finding a mentor or somebody that, um, you know, is showing us a path to success, right? Saturn isn't all dismal. Right. Saturn uh, energy. And I'm saying Saturn energy because Capricorn uh, is the sign that Cap that uh, Saturn rules. So we have Venus in Saturn's layer, if you will. And that means that these things of love and beauty and relationships and money and values take on more serious nature. Right. They take on that Saturn point of view. And yet Saturn also represents success represents our attaining something, right, where we are recognized, where we gain recognition. So it's really interesting, right, to think of Saturn, not just as that taskmaster that brings karma and justice if we are, you know, not doing what we're meant to be doing, but can also bring us the reward when we are doing what we're doing. So in this case, with Venus moving through Capricorn, we may seek to establish um, stronger bonds with the people around us or to secure our futures in some way, whether that's through finances or through relationship, um, through a rearranging of our value system so that we come into an alignment with what it is that, you know, Venus and Saturn both are demanding of us during this period of time. Now, because Venus also rules things like self-worth, right, your confidence in yourself, this could be a time to enhance the way that we feel about ourselves, the way that we count ourselves as worthy. And it is also um, partly responsible now for the next few weeks about attracting wealth and resources, money, people, uh, time, the right project, opportunities to you in order to work toward the future right? Working toward the future. Now, we also should be careful because sometimes this, uh, you know, Venus runs 
passion, right? She runs hot, if you will, in love and that kind of thing. And you put her in a, in a sign that is running more cold or cool, right? Cool to the touch. So we want to be careful not to become too cold or too rigid or too stuck in our ways, nor do we want to become overly materialistic, which can happen when you're talking Venus and its attraction to money. Um, we don't want to have an approach to love that's, you know, stale or stagnant. We don't want to alienate others, right? We don't want to do things like that because it can feed into our feelings of loneliness or depression or melancholy, right? So we want to be very careful. We also want to balance our work and our personal life. Work because Saturn rules the 10th house and Capricorn rules the 10th house of the um, zodiacs or of the horoscope wheel, which is the house of work, right? It is how we show up in the outer world. And at this case, you know, Venus is um, softening the way that we are in relationships to one another. So don't neglect your emotional needs, the moon and cancer today and tomorrow and the next day helping us with that, um, or the needs of your loved ones. Don't get so serious and so narrow-minded or so focused on, say, work that you forget that you have personal needs and your family may also need some of your time and love and attention. So we want to balance that over the next few weeks. All right. Uh, let's see. Pauline is asking some questions here. What planet is retrograde? What does this mean? The planet that's retrograde still right this minute is Uranus. And Uranus is about to turn to direct motion. In fact, I noticed this morning that Uranus is already at the degree at which he will turn direct, 19 degrees, five minutes of Taurus. So he is stationary, if you will, at this moment. He's not really moving further any faster. Um, he's not moving backwards anymore. He's just kind of stuck at the same degree, which in a way, I think also validates the whole human design new year and it being a time of, for us to, you know, take those imaginations, those imaginings and bring them into reality or to consider what steps we may want to take next, right? Uranus is sometimes considered the rebel, but also the lightning rod that brings us those ideas and uh, in the right moment. So that is the the planet I think that you were discussed that I had said earlier that was in retrograde and um, her, your name, yeah. when your natal planets are retrograde, you are definitely more comfortable when those planets move retrograde and the disturbing, the disturbance in the force Pauline happens right at the time those planets change out of that retrograde motion then and into direct motion. And the exact opposite happens for people who have those planets in direct motion. You're more disturbed when the planet moves from direct into retrograde. So it works differently for different people, right? In a way, it balances out the universe. I mean, if we all went down the tubes at the same time, nothing would ever get done. But in this way, we have this alternating group of people, some with it retrograde, doing fine during the retrograde, and some people with it in direct motion, not doing so great, or having to slow things down when a planet is in retrograde motion. Okay. Ah, Catherine, it's good to see you. Good morning to you. Teddy, good morning. Asa, great to have you with us this morning. Jolie, good to see you. Joan, good morning to you as well. And all of the rest of you out there, I saw the numbers jump up 
and I'm sure there are people out there listening that I don't see. It's great to have you with us. All right, let's move on into the full moon in Leo. One of my favorite full moons of the year, personal, right? It's just my personal preference. It doesn't mean it's better than any of the others. It's just one of my favorite full moons of the year. And that's because the full moon in Leo is the time to celebrate your creativity, your passion, your self-expression. It's a fire sign. And the fire signs rule the heart. And Leo literally rules the heart, the heart in your um, your body, the physical heart. So this lunar phase, this full moon phase can bring up all manner of things around how you express yourself, um, how issues around love, issues around loyalty and pride, Leo energies, but also about how do we celebrate, how, what have we you know, how do we celebrate what's been um, put into completion? How do we celebrate the opening that is coming for us to do new things? And the full moon in Leo is opposite the sun in Aquarius. And remember, the sun and Pluto are in a conjunction. I mean, for all intents and purposes, people, even though that happened on Saturday, we've got a long road still, several days worth of the sun in a conjunction, if we use orbs of up to 15 degrees with Pluto energy, then we have, you know, another couple of weeks worth of that sun and Pluto energy really impacting us. And remember, that is all transformational energy. It's change. It's empowerment. It is this very powerful redirecting of the light of ourselves in new directions right? Sun conjunct Pluto. So in this full moon, we still have the sun. Well, the sun will be at five degrees of Leo, Pluto at zero degrees of Leo, but still so close, right? The moon in the opposition to that point, because, or I mean, sorry, the sun and Pluto in Aquarius, the moon at five degrees of Leo. So there's a tension, going on, because there always is in an opposition. And the tension would be between Leo individuality and Aquarian community, right? So how do we, and the sun and Pluto are transforming the community aspect of ourselves, right? How do we work together? How do we set aside our partisan squabbles, if you will, and instead work together to help people, right? To, to raise the vibration of everyone on the planet. So that is the challenge in this particular full moon. And in a full moon, anyway, it's a time of revelation, like something dawns on us, wakes us up, shakes us up even in some cases. And in uh, others, it is a completion, something ending so that we can move more toward a, a new direction, perhaps. You know, I've, I've looked at the moon cycles, and I think I've mentioned this to you, to um, all of you in the morning show before, that the new moon is definitely the time of new beginnings. But we're in the dark at that time. So we're taking a stab in the dark, right? We're like, I want to do X, Y, Z. And we don't know how we're going to get there. All we have is our intention that's driving us forward. But once we get to the new moon or full moon, we have another opportunity for newness, only now we have the full light of the reflection of the sun in the moon. So now we can see better, right? Now we can see more about, well, this wasn't working. I can let that go. 
I need to be more fully in this direction. So I need to go that way. Right. So the full moon itself brings the light to those intentions that you set in the dark. So it's also a kind of new beginning. Right. One that kind of dawns on us. Oh, OK. Yeah. If I want to have that in my life, but I believe I can't have that. Whoa. I got to change something, right? Or I have this product or this thing that I want to do, but people aren't really very interested in it. How can I tweak it to make it more interesting? Because that's who I am working toward, right? The, the group. I'm applying my individuality to the group at this time. Now, it's also a good time to balance your personal needs um, with your individuality and your community, right? So in your family, perhaps balancing your needs with the needs of your family, um, with your social responsibilities, and find ways to shine your light in the world. That is what is requested here. How do I shine my light more fully into the world? And you do not have to do that in a big, you know, I'm on the center stage, um, see me, hear me, kind of way. You can do it in a very quiet way, being generous to those you love, um, being there to um, express yourself in uh, large or small ways. It doesn't really matter how big you get. It's not about that. It's about what is the quality that you are adding to the world. So the full moon and Leo can inspire us to be more generous, more courageous, right? The heart of the lion and more confident um, tapping into, as it were, your inner lion or lioness, right? Your inner courage. Now, there are other aspects to the full moon, right? So the full moon in Leo, the celebration of something completed, the celebration of a new pathway that you've, you know, gone down. Um, but in any moon, there is the opportunity for it to be interacting with other planets, right? So we have to consider what else is happening at this particular time. And this particular full moon is square to Jupiter in Taurus. And, and that can bring up some challenges or excesses that we have to contend with in the areas of money or values or self-worth relationships, even resources, because of course the moon in Leo, um, is um, square, I mean, is opposing the sun. So we have kind of a T-square, right? Both of them pointed at Jupiter. And Jupiter and Taurus being the sign of money and values and self-worth. So the square, a square is a 90-degree angle or relationship that represents tension. And when we have tension, we have challenges to overcome. The, the, the cool way about astrology or the way the world works astrologically, if you will, is that, you know, if it was all trines and sextiles, we would never be challenged to get out of our own way, as it were, and move forward. But then when we have something like this, a challenge from a major planet to uh, our two most close inner planets, the luminaries, we call them, then it tells us that we have to broaden our horizons somehow. We have to see beyond ourselves. We have to see beyond the limitations. But we don't want to go so far, so fast, that we don't take care of what's right in front of us. So we may feel torn 
at this time between indulging in our desires and being more practical and realistic, right? Earth, Taurus is Earth. So we may also count, encounter conflicts or confrontations, disagreements with uh, people who have maybe different views from ourselves, especially if we're working in community, right? A community is not just your voice. It's your voice added to a lot of other voices, perhaps. And they might have different expectations of what the program is going to look like or what the group um, goals are. So Jupiter here in, in that tense sort of aspect to this full moon says we might have to tweak some things. We might have to, um, you know, reel in the optimism a little bit to be more practical, pragmatic, and down to earth in the way that we take those next steps. Don't give up on yourself and go all narrow-minded. Just kind of embrace the big and the small and find a balance between generosity and moderation, perhaps, um, confidence and humility, uh, individuality and cooperation, right? So balancing those different energies, huge uh, opportunity for us at this full moon, okay? And just to make things more interesting, we also have the full moon engaged in a yod. And let's see, I think I colored that in on my chart for the day. Uh, my chart of the full moon. Here we go. So here's the chart of the full moon. And in a minute, I'm going to talk about the, how, the outlined orange area. But I want you to see the green lines that I drew in there. That is the yod. And the yod's apex point, the nozzle, if you will, is pointing at the moon. And at the base is the sextile between Saturn and Venus. Remember, Venus and Capricorn. So Venus is in Saturn's territory. And uh, the, that combination, that sextile holds the basis for something that we have to be aware of. And then the release point becomes the moon. So what does that mean? Right? What does that mean? And this is happening in everybody's chart at the new moon. This just happens to be the chart of the full moon. Okay? In your chart, it might look different, right? It could be pointed somewhere else. So that configuration, a yod, always creates a lot of tension and pressure. And as the full moon urges emotional expression and release, while Saturn and Venus demand discipline and compromise, you can see that it can also be a time where issues around our self-worth get triggered, our security, balance in our relationships um, get caught up in all things emotional. And uh, the planet of structure and responsibility, Saturn here, representing the discipline, the, the, the way that we have to build the foundation first, right? If you want a stellar relationship, that doesn't come immediately. It comes when we're building from the foundation of something, right? We're building from the foundation. Now, here's what I think is the most fascinating part of this full moon, is that the same day as the full moon, Saturn makes a gate change in human design. This is astro design, right? We're talking about how do we bring all of these disciplines together for a more coherent view of what's happening on the planet. And on that day of the full moon, which is on Thursday, Saturn moves into the gate 37. 
which in human design sits on the solar plexus, which is the center for emotions, right? And the expression of our creativity. And Saturn, the planet that represents discipline and consequences and limitations in some respects, sitting here tells us how it is that we need to face our challenges, how we need to face our insecurities, how do we need to face the restrictions in our lives. And we're going to be needing to learn to do that through peace, bringing peace. The 37 is called the gate of peace or harmony. It is a part of a channel that um, has created the last 400 years of, of materialism on the planet. And I, I wonder if this is really helping us to see Saturn, the great teacher, helping us to see that we can't create from a place of uh, anger or strife, right? We can't create peace if we continue to be in war with ourselves or with others or with, you know, other countries. So the gate 37 will help us, the Saturn at the gate 37 will help us align with our true purpose and our potential, uh, pushing us to grow and learn from our experiences by creating a peaceful path forward toward those things, right? No stress, no strife, no grabbing and pushing, but just relaxing, going with a flow, always with peace in mind. What is the most peaceful path for me going forward? Do you ever ask yourself that? I never do. Nope. I should, but I don't. <laughs> I just go, oh, I got to go there. I got to do that. And then comes along with that a lot of strife and a lot of, you know, tugging and pulling and pushing and prodding of myself, right, to get to where I need to go, which is definitely not necessary. Saturn will be teaching us this over these next several weeks. And Saturn in the gate of peace means you might experience a sense of harmony and stability in your life by not stressing, not being in anxiety, not creating um, uh, an experience of anything but peace, right? So this gate is about finding inner peace and aligning with your true self regardless of the external circumstances, right? Just because it looks like outside of you that something isn't happening doesn't mean that it isn't happening. You're aligning within to your own peace from within. And we will never find peace outside of us until we find a peace within us, right? It's the big deal. It's a big deal. So, um, it's a, a time when Saturn will bring us opportunities to share our wisdom and our insights with others um, or to learn from others who have found peace in their uh, lives in some way, right? You may feel more confident in yourself and more secure in your decisions, um, especially when you're trusting your intuition and your inner guidance. And it's a good time to reflect for all of us right now on what it is that brings us joy and that sense of fulfillment. And then for us all to express gratitude for the blessings we have in our lives, right? Uh, I wish, I'm going to go look right now. I want to see how long Saturn sits at this gate because it could bode well for the outer world if he were to sit here for a great length of time. And 
He is here until March 12th. March 12th. And then he moves into 63. Uh, yeah, he's moving fast this year. Okay, well, we have some time, a couple months <laughs> to create peace, to get used to the idea of peace. I think half the time the reason why we're at war is because we don't know what it's like to live in an extended period of peace. We don't know what it's like to be at peace within and at peace without. I'd like to discover what that means and how to bring, how to achieve that um, going forward, wouldn't you? Right? It would be so nice to wake up tomorrow and see that Israel and, and the whole Middle East has come to peace. It would be nice to wake up tomorrow and see that the in this country, the Democrats and the Republicans, even though they are ideologically separate, have come to some kind of peace. We can get things done when we are in peace. We cannot get things done. We can only destroy when we are not at peace. Destruction versus construction. I don't know. Saturn, I guess, gives us the choice here. Do you want to keep going down that road of destruction or do you want to come down the road of construction, right? The building, empowering. All right. Now, Uranus also turning direct. So any planet, when he turns retrograde, goes inward. So it pushes us to uh, be the, in this case, Uranus, the inner rebel, the inner contrarian, right? to uh, really search for what makes us unique and to what sets us apart on the inside, right? How, how am I different from each one of you? How are you each different from the people around you, right? So this planet Uranus is a planet of innovation and revolution. There's a level of unpredictability with this planet, um, but he is a liberator and an awakener. So when he's retrograde, that awakening and the liberation happening within, when he turns direct, that then moves out into the world and the world changes as a reflection of what's changed within us. Okay, that's the important thing to remember. Now, uh, Uranus has been retrograde since August 28th. 2023, so several months, and he's been slowing down the pace of change um, because we've been being challenged to really look at what are our inner goals and values and resources, right? What do I have within me that I can add to the outer world? But it's been a personal job, even though he's a collective planet. And on January 26th, as he turns direct in Taurus, it's a new phase for us of liberation and transformation, where what's been changing on the inside is now going to be reflected to us on the outside, the inner or the outer world as a reflection of the inner. Okay, that's the way it works. Now, we can expect some surprises for sure because it's the nature of the planet and the North Node is also at the gate 51, the gate of shock. Um, it's breakthroughs, it's upheavals. And especially in the area of money, security, stability, resources, the earth, um, everything, agriculture, uh, the things that are ruled by Taurus, all right? And Uranus direct in Taurus invites us to embrace then what's new, the new and the unknown while staying grounded and practical, 
after all, Taurus is Earth. We have to stay grounded and practical. It has to be useful. There has to be a good reason why we would do something. How does it add to the practical expression of all of us here on the planet? So Uranus direct, wherever that is in your chart, wherever Taurus is in your chart is where the square from the full moon is impacting Jupiter and where Uranus is turning direct will be impacting you. So that house, if you will, is lit up in your chart. So like this chart here, which I got to go back to the full moon in a minute and talk about that fan or umbrella. <laughs> um, so if we're looking at Taurus in this particular chart, if this chart were a person, Taurus is over here on uh, the 12th house. So this person, if this were a person, might be experiencing lots of things coming up from the unconscious, coming out of the dark into the light of expression, coming, it could be a lot of fears and limitations that have been challenging them that they are um, seeing in living color that they're being challenged to work through. And the house, of course, being um, hit by two planets means there's something very important here. This person is digging through the muck, through the dirt, to get to the treasure, right? I've been watching uh, the Curse of Oak Island this week or this weekend, and that they're always digging for treasure, right? This is what the 12th house does. It finds the treasure, hopefully, and applies it in new ways, releasing themselves from fear, from the old, uh, from the tapes in the unconscious mind that keep us running uh, in the same uh, direction. And yes, Pauline, this is a chart for the collective, or it's just the chart of the event, right? So um, it isn't really meaningful in terms of, of uh, you personally, because it doesn't look like this. It's going to look, it'll look like this for anybody who has Gemini on the rise and Taurus on the 12th house. Um, but this whole chart can be skewed based on, you know, where you have your rising sign. Now, I want to address that that uh, uh, umbrella looking in the orange, right? This is the chart of the full moon. So I'm going backwards here for a moment. I thought it was really interesting to see how many planets are sitting above the horizon, which is the social sphere, right? It's the sphere of the world, the outer world, the social, the cultural, um, the outer world. The only thing really holding any space for us as individuals during this time is the moon, and it tells us a lot that a, a lot rests on, on how we're taking in the energy of that outer world. So if we're taking in all the chaos and turbulence out there and applying it to our own lives, then we're going to feel more turbulent ourselves. We're going to get into anxiety. We're going to feel burned out, fatigued, tired, ill. If we are turning that around and just working to create peace and joy and humility within us, then that uh, social sphere is going to change. It's going to look different, right? It will still have that preponderance of planets up above that hemisphere or in that hemisphere above that horizon line, but it's going to look different to us because we're seeing it differently. You're the filter, 
you're the filter that's viewing the world. So each one of us is viewing the world through our personal filter. If you see it as a place that's scary and full of change and we can't rely on it, it's unstable, then literally that's going to create more chaos and anxiety within you, right? But if instead we, we view the world with wonder and awe and are in gratitude for our being alive on this planet at this time, even if it's chaotic and even if it's turbulent, but, you know, it's exciting, the excitement then creates a different feeling inside of you, right? Things become more exciting to work through or we're more able to uh, be optimistic and not so pessimistic about everything that's going on. So there we go, right? <sighs> All right. What time is it? Okay, so I'm going to do a couple of cards for us. First, I'm going to get my coffee out of my way so I don't wear it. And let's take a look here. Um, I'm going to pull a spirit animal. We haven't done that one in a while. Or have we? I don't remember. Um, let's pull a spirit animal. You know, the spirit animals can be guides for all of us as we go forward. And let's do that. Okay. And let's see. Comments. Uranus J-Lo says is in zero Scorpio in the sixth, Taurus in the twelfth. Ah, well, there you go. So you have 12th house Taurus. So everything I was just talking about, the unconscious, uh, is yours to think about. I pulled card 33, which is a six, which is horse spirit. And it says, freedom is yours. It's perfect for Uranus. Okay, let's see what that reads like. And he was right side up in this deck. <clears throat> you can have a... Um, protection message if the card is upside down, but we have an upright message that says, when horse, <clears throat> excuse me, when horse spirit appears, you are gifted with the spirit of movement and freedom. It is a time for travel and adventure, whether that means a trip somewhere or taking a different type of journey, one of freedom of choice. Horse spirit reminds you that no matter the circumstances, you have free will and choices that can take you far away to a better place, a better situation, a better state of being. For there is no one but you to rein in your will to make a different decision. You are capable of making a powerful choice that will affect you for, long, for a long time to come. Horses are social animals and known to be a friend to mankind, willing to carry us forward when we need it. Horse spirit reminds you that help will be available to you whenever you need it, and companions will be by your side wherever you choose to go, whatever direction you choose to travel. Life is an adventure, and horse spirit wants you to know that whatever choices you make, you have great spirit within, invisible, yet holding you up, and always walking by your side. If your inquiry is about a relationship, you can set your heart free to experience love in all forms. That sounds so Leo, too. Spirit whispers you to you that the gift of freedom is yours if you allow yourself to break out of your perfectionism and stubbornness, make a move, and enjoy the freedom of letting go of the need to control. That sounds like a pretty profound message for all of us today. Horse spirit. Uh, okay. And uh, let's see, Pauline is asking for a dragon. I think that's appropriate. Let's do a dragon. 
different kind of animal, a more mythical animal. Mythic. I like myths. All right, so dragon. Of course, these creatures take us beyond our third dimensional reality. They bring us into sometimes the ninth uh, dimension. Um, we, I pulled a lilac fire dragon, which transmutes through the power of divine love. Open up to transcendent love and enlightenment. Purity of heart brings peace, hope, and joy. Lilac fire dragon, right? Pretty. All right, let's read the card. Let's see what uh, level this dragon is at. A lilac fire dragon is a fifth dimensional dragon. And let's see. These dragons are fifth dimensional. However, they can reach up into the ninth dimension to access the awesome lilac fire of source, which is a new energy recently graced to earth. This carries transcendent love as well as enlightenment. When these dragons pour their lilac fire over and through us, we are bathed in divine feminine light, which has the power to dissolve all lower energies in pure love and bring us peace, hope, and joy. It also bathes us in the higher divine feminine qualities of wisdom, agape, and oneness. Having this energy in our aura may even allow us to experience bliss and ecstasy. When you choose this card, a lilac fire dragon will touch you with incredible ninth dimensional light. So call it in and ask it to touch you. As it approaches you, breathe in divine love and sense the lilac fire enveloping you. This will enable you to let go of the old easily, calmly, and graciously. Notice particularly how you feel when this dragon touches you and the sense of purity of the love that it radiates. Ask this dragon to remain with you to anchor the glorious light of the lilac fire and take you into a new and illumined way of being. When you do this, the love radiating from your heart will become purer and more beautiful. People will sense this and respond with trust, respect, and gratitude. Consciously work with this beautiful dragon and notice the difference it makes to your life and the quality of love around you. Wow. Two very powerful cards for the week ahead. Horse Spirit and Lilac Fire Dragon. Gotta love it. Thank you for that suggestion, uh, Pauline. That was pretty awesome. All right. Well, that is it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you again on Friday, the 26th, when we'll talk about what is happening for the weekend. There will be post full, full moon. We'll still be in the generating of new ideas for the new year. And there is a host of planetary transits happening over the weekend that you'll want to know about. See you on Friday. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.